of course, if you there's certain space, there's an opportunity, for example, TikTok, that you don't have the personality here. Perhaps that's where the gap is. You might want to hire somebody or bring someone in that does that kind of stuff. Okay, Ernie, agree? <laughs> <laughs> Reggie, don't put me on TikTok, please. <laughs> <laughs> we can get someone else to do it if that's our strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. Hello, my name is Andrew and welcome to another Chill with TFC episode. In this series, we talk to interesting people with relevant experience and insights to help us learn from their perspectives so that we can create the life we love and manage our finance as well. Personal branding can feel iffy to some people. You could be thinking, I'm, I'm just looking for a job. I'm not trying to be an influencer. Yet, you keep hearing about personal branding in the career space. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the person behind the word personal branding because ultimately, it is about you as a person. How do you present the best part of yourself or even show some emotions so as to connect with people? My guest is the founder of three startups. Number one, People Mentality Inc., one of Apex's top 10 HR and employer branding consultancy firm. And then, Stories of Asia, which is a storyteller incubator. Finally, his latest tech venture is called Story Buddy, which is an AI-powered storytelling tool. He's a returning guest today. A lot of things have changed since the last time he was here. Let's get an update from Sam Neil. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So the last time you were on a show it was two years ago. Mm. So what's different for you from then till now? I think for me, a lot of big life-changing stuff. First and foremost, I had a kid since then. At the time I was still, you know, just married without a kid. Um, started a third business. Story Buddy is an employer branding or, you know, content writing tool basically generated by AI. So because of that, I think my life experience has changed quite a fair bit. I would say my personal brand is still consistent, revolving around the fact that it's about people, about people enablement, but the shape and form has evolved quite a bit since. So happy to use some of the new experiences to share for our audience today to talk more about personal branding in a different dimension altogether, hopefully. Yeah. Oh, is your son? My son just turned two recently. Okay, so during the last podcast... Wasn't just, born yet. He wasn't, wasn't born yet. yet. Wasn't born yet. Yeah. That's a huge change, right? Yeah, so now it's a lot, a lot more tired. The eye bags are worse. You know? <laughs> but I think it's more fulfilling. I think how I see things now is a bit different and the sense of purpose, sense of mission. And I think the way I carry myself is different because as a father, you want to be a role model for your son, right? So things that you do now, you think a little bit more. Is this going to set a good example, for example? And I think it ties back to personal branding, right? What you stand for as a person beyond what you just talk about on social media, for example. Right, you could be thinking about who you are in front of your son, right? Absolutely. And that ties in back to who you are as a person and ties in back to personal branding. So new kid, the way you approach business is different. And of course, COVID hits. So in terms of all this as a background, right? How should we approach personal branding differently? How we approach differently, first and foremost, the digital space is a must these days. I think in the past, when we talk about social media and you know personal brand online, most people might think it's an optional thing, right? As long as I do my job well, in particular corporate workers, right? I should get my promotion. I should get be known, be, be known for certain things. But these days, because everyone is mostly working from home or hybrid, and these days, most people are looking at information and attention online. So that has become more like a must 
compared to good to have probably two to three years ago, I would say. Okay, so just to scope today's discussion, we want to talk about personal branding for PMETs mm. and how we should approach it. And like I mentioned, you know, we're used to getting on Zoom, doing live streams, interviews might not even be face-to-face right now. Yeah, so how do I stand out with, you know, so many people? And, and the competition is global because everything is online, you know, so your competition, competition is global, overseas. Opportunity is global as well, right? I mm. think it's a double-edged sword in some sense where... It's great because it opens up a lot of doors. So for example, in the past two years, I was able to do global conference speaking in the likes of Middle East, North America, so minus South America, that's Africa as well. All this was only possible because of COVID in some sense, right? Because in the past, people might think that, oh, it's expensive to fly someone from Asia to you know Middle East and Europe, for example, right? But because of COVID, it makes it so accessible and it's a lot more affordable for them as well. And because of that, it gives you the exposure, the access to all this. But like you said, because of that, competition becomes tighter. Because now we're looking at a global talent pool, even for PMETs in particular these days, right? Employers no longer just hire locally because they realize over the past two years, even for myself, right? That there's a lot more resources available out in the market, even within the region itself. It may be even cheaper, but more competitive, hungrier. And I think that's something that for us fellow Singaporeans, we need to kind of wake up a little bit to some extent because we are used to being in such a comfortable and sheltered environment where you feel that, okay, as long as I get my good grades, as long as I do my job to tick the boxes, I should be paid certain amount, I should get promoted, for example. To some extent, like a better description, I would say it, myself included, entitled and sheltered to some extent, right? But I think it's not about us wanting to be entitled and self-centered or things like that, but it's just a lack of awareness at times because we're in this comfortable bubble. But because of COVID, I feel that competition has been intensified. We start to see that people are coming in and that's where the personal brand has to stand out both online, offline. And for us also realize that if we're not hungry, if we don't constantly try to build on that brand to reinvent ourselves, we're in serious danger actually. Okay, but when you Google or read up on personal branding, let's say online articles or certain books, right? They all say the same thing. Get on social social media, get on LinkedIn, Facebook, be on Instagram profile. But is it that simple? And when I say simple, I mean you say it's all it's all saying the same things, right? Of course, it's not easy to really implement a social media strategy, but there's personal factors, like maybe I'm too shy or this is not for me. And then let's say I decide to execute it. And you have all this competition other people doing their own personal branding as well. Is that all there is to personal branding in this day and age? Get on social media. Is that all there is? I think getting out there is the first step, right? Because I think there are still many people who are quite apprehensive about putting themselves out, right? I mean, I can understand. I was once in that position. Mm. That was probably about five years ago when I first started officially on this social media LinkedIn journey in particular where a mentor of mine said, if you really want to grow your career, you need to let people know who you are, what you stand for. Unlike the typical Asian value that we learn, right? Just work hard, don't showcase. It's not nice to show off basically. Mm. So I think that was how I started. I realized that it's important to put yourself out. That's the first step to have the courage. So after that, it's not just putting yourself out and having random information or content online, right? Unlike contrary to believe that, you know, the more the merrier, sometimes less is more, you know, but what's important is the quality. What you put out there has to build a narrative, towards what you want to communicate. So for example, if I want to be known as a hardworking overachiever, for example, my content has to constantly show the hustle that I put in. It has to show how as an, someone from an ordinary background, for example, have achieved things that I feel without that privileged background that you know, I shouldn't have achieved it, for example, right? So first and foremost, I think it's about your story. Like I think your question, Andrew, is about how do you stand out? It's not just about putting content out, but first and foremost, we got to dig in and dig deep to ask ourselves, who am I, what do I stand for? And what is the story that I want to communicate so that it connects with people, so that it resonates that people 
like me, people trust me, people know who I am, what I stand for in the market. And that's where over time with content, with things that you do online, offline, you build that narrative, you build that message that you want people to resonate with you. And that's how as a PMET, you can attract opportunities, right? That you desire basically. Mm, so like you were saying, we cannot afford to stay sheltered. People are doing it. We cannot say that, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm the best kept secret. Nobody knows. Safe <laughs> but is I'm no so longer good. safe. Let's put safe it is no longer way, safe, right? yeah. you know, and you have to put yourself out there and you have to really overcome it. But there's this thing about, you also mentioned it earlier, about being individualistic and mm. being part of a community. Because I have this experience during an interview many years ago. You have to sell yourself, right, during yeah. the interview. And I was saying that, oh, we did this. My team did this. Our group did this. And the interviewer was very sharp and he asked me, okay, when you say we, like how much of you were involved? Yeah. Actually, I was the one leading the project. But you know, being Asian, I, I'm just oh. very used to, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. just used to saying we as a team, right? I, I, I usually don't put on that, that individual part of me out, but it seems that I have to right now. Is this something that people struggle with in Asia, especially? It's still very common because I think like we are brought up typically in a more collective environment, mm. I would say, right? So typically we try to give others credit and if we say it's everything about me, myself and I, we yeah. may come across as arrogant. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where the balance needs to be struck. I think one way to do this, even from personal brand content perspective is, it can start from you, but how do you use that to uplift others, right? Mm. So for example, in your case, I did this project, right? But it couldn't have happened without the proper infrastructure supported by my team members, right? And this person inspired this idea, even though I was the main champion, for example. I mean, using a HR tip for you guys over mm. here, right? So I think a good balance to showcase what value you can bring specifically, but showing that you have a, a team player mindset and that it's not always about me, myself and I, that you know, um, I'm looking at contributing to a bigger picture. I think all this may sound very, very small and simple, but a good friend of mine always says simple doesn't mean easy. Yeah, you know, exactly. Simple means that you understand the concept and consistently to build up into something that is like a muscle memory that you're, you're, you're coding in your mind, right? Is that I start with, let's say myself to tell people what I can contribute, but at the end of it, the intention is to uplift others. Mm -hmm. I think that will help a lot in terms of personal branding, actually. Okay, because in terms of social media, it does feel like a space that's very me, myself, and I. Right? If you look at Instagram, if you look at LinkedIn, oh, I've done this, I've done that. It does, it does feel like that. So we need to learn how to craft the stories. Yes, definitely. Okay. And you were talking about narrative. Mm. So does it, which comes first, chicken or the egg, right? Like, do you know who you are first and then you craft a story according to that? Or do you, you know, try to craft a story, you have a certain idealized version of yourself that you want to portray so that people will find you for the right jobs? And then along the way, you find out who you are. You get what I mean? Like it's just this cycle, right? And how do you know who you are anyway? So I think, I think like you say, it's a chicken and egg and it really depends on context. Mm. You know, I say context matters a lot, right? Where in, let's say in my case, I was quite fortunate that I have good mentors. So I wasn't clear who I am, right? But mentors told me, you know, these are some ways you can discover. Maybe just try putting some info out there, some content out there, listen to feedback. I think one thing that content creators need to understand is that you need to first listen and consume before you can create. It's not constantly just creating like point blank, you know, firing blanks and hoping that some lucky draw happens, right? But do you listen to the market to understand what's the need? What are people's perception about you? A simple example is that when I first started out, because I came from a HR background, right? Seven years in corporate HR, I started a consultancy business. I just felt that I had all the knowledge, not really all knowledge in the world, but at least a fundamental broad-based knowledge in HR. I wanted to be the HR consultant that could do a lot of stuff. So the problem is when you try to do too much, you'll be known for too many things, you get known for nothing. Right? So that's where I started listening to the market. What did they associate me with? And I constantly get invited to conferences back then, that was about four years ago, 
to speak about the topic of millennial. So back then, four and five years ago, millennial was a hot topic. Mm -hmm. The troublemakers like myself, you know, creating a lot of problems in corporate itself. So that was when I realized, okay, people associate me as the millennial HR guy because I talk about HR. I'm a millennial myself. So that's like a, a door opener, right? Whether or not you like it, I think it has slowly adjust accordingly from there. But most importantly, if you're still unsure about the, the brand, the positioning itself, why not use that as a door opener to discover what do you really want to do eventually, which is how I pivoted into the employer branding space, that personal development space itself. So long story short, listen to the market, see which is the opportunity that you can tap on first because at the beginning, typically, right, we don't have that many openings. So grab it while it's available first and then use that as an opportunity, the, the window, right, to discover what you truly want to do, what you truly are and then go heavy in it because once you have a certain market reputation, it's easier to pivot to something you want rather than trying to be so stubborn about something that gets you nowhere. So like you say, millennials, right? I think about five to seven years ago, it was hot keyword. People put it on their profiles. Yep, yep, and yep. that's because millennials were entering the workforce. Yep. But now millennials are getting older. Yep, yep. Uncles, <laughs> you know. Yeah, the millennials are yeah. older now. Yep, yep, and the yep. new buzzword, is it Gen Z? Gen Z. Is Gen it Gen Z? Z? Yep, yeah, yep. so it's an ever-evolving process, Absolutely. I guess. Saying. You're, not, you're not stuck in the same Which is brand. why back then, when this millennial topic came about, I was a bit apprehensive. Mm. Because for me, it was more like a fad. It's going to be like a trend that passes very quickly, right? And if I just bang on this topic permanently, I'm going to lose my job very quickly, mm. right? Mm. But what I realized as well is that there's a golden opportunity. There's a short window there that if I capitalize well, I can build a bit of a market awareness and brand for myself and then move to something that I truly believe in. So similarly, right, I think whether it's about Gen Z, millennials, whatever topic, or even now I talk about crypto, NFTs, for example, find something that perhaps you believe in to some extent you're good at and perhaps use that as a, a Trojan horse or a door opener for a start, right? And then use the opportunity to build your brand first and move on from there. Mm -hmm. That's one quick way, actually, if you talk about personal brand building. What I'm seeing is that you're in this space as a personality yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you share good content and people come to you and therefore people know about the services that you provide and the company that you're in. But what if I'm, let's say, a, a marketing person? You know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be a speaker, yeah. right? I'm not going to be a personality, but I still need to have some form of personal branding. Yeah. You know, how should we advise them? Think of what your strengths are, right? Mm -hmm. So not everyone has that, I won't say charisma, but the flair for public speaking, for example, right? Even though I think it's a necessary skill these days. Some might be better, let's say a nice voice like Andrew, for example, right? Doing podcasts is great, right? Some might just be comfortable recording a, a video on their own, TikTok. YouTube, for example, just to explain certain things, looking at camera, recording, spending some time editing it. Some might be good at writing. So recently I saw, I think it was a, was a post by, I can't remember, was it Manish or Asgag, right? Mm. So side hustles. If, you, if you're handsome, good looking, you can be an uh, influencer. If you don't look good, but you can take good uh, food photos, be a food blogger or something like that. If you can write well, you don't look good, be a copywriter, something like that. So I think the joke aside, it's really about understanding your strengths what you're good at, leverage on that to kind of get you in the foot in the door once again. And use that as a main channel to, you know, carve a name for yourself, right? Because in Chinese, they say hang hang chu zhuang yuan, mm. right? There's no need to just be the best in something that everyone is in, but carve a niche for yourself to, to find that, become that big fish in a small pond, I would say. So typically people always think, hey, the market is so big, I want to capitalize the market, but why not start with something small, but be big in that space first, and then leverage on that, that brand, that strength itself to move to somewhere else. It makes it a lot easier compared to struggling in a big sea, big ocean, getting eaten by a bigger fish or faster fish in that sense and not seeing the light of day. Mm -hmm. So that's something I think for us from a branding perspective, whether you are PMAT, whether you are in whichever industry itself, start by thinking which is the niche area I can go in, the smaller the better actually, carve a name for yourself and then eventually move out to leverage on that brand. 
So you don't have to be a larger than life personality. You can share good content and, and choose the platforms that you're on, whether it's IG or LinkedIn. And you mentioned TikTok. Do you mm. use TikTok yourself? I tried. Not, <laughs> not really good, but I tried. We're still trying. Do you find it cringy? <laughs> so I, I don't go towards the dancing side of things. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I go with like short career tips, maybe mm. a little bit of mini acting kind of things. So I think once again, right, it's really about finding your comfort zone to some extent, pushing a little bit out, but understanding what your strengths are. So for me, I can't dance for dance. Mm-hmm. Right? What's your TikTok style? Is it talking head or it's more talking with some skit? maybe some b-rolls a little okay, bit, so a little okay. bit talking and b-roll. talking heads, right? A little yeah, bit. Yeah, I see that. I mean, we're discussing this among the TSC team and we're getting on TikTok. And my perception of financial TikTokers are that you you dance, <laughs> you know, and then you seven tips to save money, for yep, example. Yep. It has to be really simple. Yeah, yeah. Right, you can't go too deep. And then boom, number one, um, don't drink lattes. (laughs) And then number two, and then you point and dance and and that's how you do it. It it really depends on, I struggle with that a little bit. I mean, because TFC has been doing podcasts, we go in depth. That is another form of content. And I'm not sure if that's for us. What do you think? I think first and foremost, if you want to look outwards, so we spoke a lot about looking inwards, right? That's a, your strengths aspect of it. Look outwards in terms of your audience. Who are those that are trying to reach out? So let's say for you guys, if you're reaching out to, let's say those 35 and above, let's say 25, 35, for example, mm. are they really on TikTok? That's the first question you want to ask, mm. right? If they're probably more on LinkedIn and let's say YouTube, for example, then perhaps your content, your approach, your style, what needs to be catered more towards that and TikTok could be a secondary option, for example. So I think of both ways, right? Inside out, outside in. Inside out is what strengths do you have within the team, the resources itself? Leverage on that. Of course, if you there's certain space, there's an opportunity, for example, TikTok, that you don't have the personality here. Perhaps that's where the gap is. You might want to hire somebody or bring someone in that does that kind of stuff. Okay, Ernie, agree. <laughs> Reggie, don't put me on TikTok, please. <laughs> we can get someone else to do it if that's our strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because, yeah, yeah. yeah, like you said, it's about understanding yourself. Yeah. We've been in the podcast space. Uh, we go in depth. TikTok, it's not that it's not I mean, you can't afford to go deep on a platform like TikTok, which, which is short and sharp and yeah. to the point and grabs your eyeball, right? Yeah. I mean, it's really different kinds of content. Mm. So going back to the individual, it's also understanding who you are. You, you don't have to necessarily get on TikTok. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes, mm. I'll say that. I mean, some people survive just very well on, let's say, one social media channel, right? Mm. Or maybe like a blog site, for example, and focus a lot on offline connection. I mean, the market yeah, we've is... Got, we've got about blocks, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. been around for the longest Precisely. time, but maybe blocks is your platform. In, in different shapes and forms this stage, right? Mm. I mean, blocks this days, perhaps people always say TLDR, right? You know, mm. they don't want to read everything that's long, yeah. but which is why I think channels like TikTok, like IG Reels uh, are getting more popular because of that lack of attention spent. So I think blocks have reinvented into maybe shorter posts these days, but still focus on quality of writing, for example. So once again, it goes back to the market need. It goes back to what you're good at. Marry that that, you know, that combination, right? What works best for you versus what the market needs. I think that's where the magic happens. And we need to also be mindful that things change very quickly these days. That it's not like a formula that's going to win you today. It's going to succeed again in the next year or following year. It may change. So constantly that listening, the engagement and speaking to more people in a space, right? It's very important, I feel. Because if you assume that you're, you're there already, you know, that's where the danger happens. Of course, that's not to say that TikTok is bad. I mean, coming course, from, from me, because uh, from my experience, it, it does have its purpose. It's, I think it's a very good way of uh, attracting people who are new into the space, you know, giving them something interesting. And yep. then from that point onwards, they can funnel through into something deeper. So I, I think that is one of its purposes. I think how I see this is that, to me, it's also an experiment. Right? Mm. I may not be great at TikTok compared to my LinkedIn where I have a lot more followers and engagement itself. But through the experience in TikTok, I've learned a few things actually. First and foremost, how can I be more concise in my message? 
in the past, it was ah, very long-winded, yeah. That's for right. example, right? Yeah. Talk about build-up and stuff like that, the story. But TikTok forces you to complete everything in 30 to 60 seconds. So I'll be more concise. And perhaps for TikTok, even though in my content, because somehow my coding is that when it comes to professional work, I'm more professional. In life, I can be humorous. It doesn't go in very well. So TikTok forced me to have a bit more of that humorous element at times mm. to think of how can I bring a boring topic in a lighter manner, right? So I think you may not succeed in all channels, but there's no harm trying because it gives you a different perspective about things. And that actually enhances what you're good at mm. on top of that. So I think it's no harm actually. Well, I like this point. It trains a different part of you. Mm. Right? When you're doing TikTok, you have to think differently. Yeah. 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 And then that can be helpful in your LinkedIn post, Absolutely. for example. Absolutely. So let's go into a bit, a bit into the, the narrative part. Mm. And I know it's very hard to talk about this without examples. Not sure if you have any that comes to your mind, you know, whether it's an insurance agent, marketing person, or a- any other jobs. Um, what is the narrative that I could craft for myself? I think if we go back to personal branding, right? Mm. At the crux of it, there was a recent post that I posted, just a very simple equation. Brand equals trust. As simple as brand equals trust. What do I mean is that for personal brand, even for corporate brand, employer brand, at the end of the day, what's the power of a brand? It's about creating trust. You can talk about yourself, all the accomplishments, um, all the fancy bells and whistles, but if people don't trust your brand, you can't do much, basically. You won't achieve that, that branding effect. So the point is, when it comes to crafting narrative, first and foremost, think of how can I build trust with my audience? What will help me enhance my credibility so that people believe in what I say and it gives me the opportunity to have that conversation with you further. The core of it, at the, at the very core of it, is trust. How do I build trust? If I can build trust, a lot of magic happens, a lot of opportunities actually open up. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So after that, how do I go step by step? I'm people you've worked with, what, what do I do to build trust? What platforms do I choose? Or is the kind of story and the content that I can create? You know, is, is there a process for that? Mm. So, so let's maybe use LinkedIn as an example, since okay. your target audience is PMETs like we spoke about, mm-hmm. right? So LinkedIn is great because it's a professional platform. People know that typically when I go there, I, from audience perspective, the expectation is that I expect professional content. I expect you to talk about career-related stuff, for example. So that's a great place to build your personal brand for career-related PMS in that sense. So if I go on LinkedIn, first and foremost, I'll think about, so which is the space I want to go into, right? So if I go big, we go big and dive deep. Typically, that's the, the approach, right? Go big is in terms of what is the industry or space I want to go in first. So let's say for myself, I dive a lot into the employer branding space because that's something that is a nice segue from HR where I started and something that I really believe in that is still relatively untapped. So let's say I zoom into the first space, employer branding. Within employer branding, then you can start thinking from a pillar perspective. Which are the core pillars that I can talk about or I have the expertise to talk about? So let's say employer branding wise, I can talk, or personal branding for the matter, right? Mm. I can talk about, let's say, understanding yourself. I can talk about channels to distribute personal branding. I can talk about association with people. I can talk about offline personal branding. This could be four pillars, for example, right? And thereafter, you can start thinking based on the four pillars that I have, the next level dive deeper is then what are types of content on a day-to-day basis that I can create to feed off to that pillars, which eventually build on to the narrative that I'm an employee branding expert in that sense. Okay, how would you describe your personal brand? Myself? If, yeah. If anyone asks me. Yeah, like, see, 
friendly? Is he, you know, professional? Like, how would you describe it? I would say most people that I spoke with, I did ask this question quite <laughs> often as well. Yeah. They typically associate me with the, the HR guy that is pretty inspiring for the fact that I, I chose to leave the corporate world to start multiple businesses, constantly giving back through mentoring and stuff like that. So that's the typical thing that people say, the mm-hmm. HR guy mm-hmm. that does a lot of things that inspires in some sense. So that's the typical message I've been hearing yeah, in the market. You get it through feedback. Yes. I understand because I'm asking this because I'm trying to picture it like like say different pillars, right? I mean, the same topic can be talked about by many different people. And different but, lenses, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. But it, your, the lens that you provide, like what is that? That is your personal brand, I assume. And, and one, I'm wondering, so what is your personal brand that you bring to the table just to help us understand it a little bit? For me, I, I constantly think of at the end of it, what's the legacy on the create? I think there's a common saying by, I'm not sure who, but have the end in mind. Start with the end in mind, basically, mm. right? So for me, at the end of the day, if I were to leave this world, right, what do I want to leave or what do I be known for in that sense? It's probably a hardworking uh, overachiever that inspired many people. So how do I work backwards? If I want to be an overachiever to show that I'm hardworking, that I inspire, things that I do has to lead to that. Mm-hmm. So I got to constantly showcase the work that I do, the hard work that I put in. I got to show how as an ordinary person that I always perceive myself as can achieve certain things that perhaps most people think we can't and hopefully inspire the people who are ordinary like myself to also achieve greatness or unlock more potential, right? And that's how I've been constantly thinking of, you know, what can I do? So my tone of voice in my content is always about, Sam is an ordinary guy, but if you can achieve this, hopefully inspires you to do the same as well or do even better. Okay, so that's where the inspirational element comes Mm. from. But in order to get that, you have done some work on yourself, finding out who you are, you mentioned your mentors have helped you. How how did they help you? What's the process? Because some articles will say, oh, take out a piece of paper and write your values. (laughs) Yeah, but apart from that, you know, how do I dig deeper into who I am? I think it takes time also finding the right mentors. You know, Mm. finding someone that may not necessarily be someone super experienced. Of course, that's a plus point to some extent. But someone you're really comfortable opening up to and also someone that perhaps has walked the kind of journey that you hope to walk through, right? So for example, one of my first few mentors were people who were in public speaking space, retired HR leaders, people who were very great at personal branding. And these were certain pillars or competencies that I was hoping to build back then. So that was how they, they encouraged me. They gave me like certain insights that kind of speed up my learning curve to some extent. And I think one of the most important things for me that I've shared in many podcasts or interviews as well is one very important message that my mentor told me was that it's important to trust yourself, self-trust. He said, if you don't trust in yourself, how do you expect others to trust you? I thought that was very powerful, even though it sounds very simple because I was always having self-doubt. My mindset Mm. in the past was always, if there's anything that I can do, anyone out there can do it even better. There's there's always this self-doubt, right? But if now with that self-trust element, you know, it's no longer about me versus the rest. It's just about me defining my own success, doing what I can do. And hopefully, you know, if someone is in a similar situation, it gives them a bit of inspiration in whatever shape and form to say that, okay, if someone who once doubt himself could do it and now could inspire others, perhaps I could do it myself as well. So there's been a little bit of the unspoken mission that I have in some sense where every work that I do is no longer about just having fun, making myself look good, but hopefully there's some value for others, which is why interesting reflection recently, a client of mine, every time when we meet on a Monday morning, his common question is, guys, tell me, you know, what is one fun thing that you do over the weekend? Tell me so that, you know, um, it excites us to get a week started. I always struggle to answer that question because I never see myself as a fun guy. I always see myself as someone who wants to create more inspiration for others, more than creating just fun. So I think long story short, it's really understanding what your purpose is to some extent, as cliche as that sounds, mm. but what value do you hope to bring to the table, to this world, to the community itself? 
and work backwards to think of what are some tangible ways, small ways even. It could be meeting someone for coffee to know that person better to share certain value. It could be writing a piece of content that you feel could be useful. It could be recording a video. It could be doing podcasts, whichever it is, right? Whichever you're comfortable, you have the, the resources access to. Start there, start small and just try it out. I mean, you never know where that goes. Mm. So yeah. I guess the answer of discovering who you are is not a... It's not an easy question to answer in words, but from what I'm hearing from you is that you put yourself out there, you get feedback and you constantly, you know, iterate and test. So I think the core for most of us doesn't change much where let's say I believe a lot in being professional. I believe a lot in giving back, a lot in the family values itself. I don't think that changes much. The shape and form may change because as you mature, as you take on different roles, meet different people, different mm. phases of life, that could change. Mm. But what's, what's important is understand the core of it. What do you really believe in? And over time, pivot accordingly to the market needs, to your current context. I think that's something that we need to think about in terms of what's fixed and what's variable. I've also seen many storytelling posts. Now that you talk a bit about creating the narrative, yeah. knowing who you are, and then you start creating content, right? And one of the posts that are supposedly engaging are storytelling posts. Yeah. But some stories are really long. <laughs> so what are some tips for telling a good story on social media or on any platforms? I think first and foremost, the story has to be real as much as possible, right? I mean, and ideally it's your own story because when you tell a story of your own versus telling a story of somebody else, people can feel the difference in energy, right? Mm -hmm. The heart is there, the authenticity, the energy is there. So first and foremost, relate to your own story. And most people, right, the common mistake is that they assume my life is boring and my story is something that nobody or everybody has gone through the same and stuff. But the fact is all of us go through different experiences. We have different ups and downs. No one experience is exactly the same. So I think first and foremost, recognize that we all have our own stories and there is an interesting spin to it depending on how you articulate it. So that's the first part, self-awareness, right? The next part is then think of what is the message that I want to bring across in my story, right? You don't just tell stories for sale stories, which is like we say grandfather stories, right? It goes on and on and on, but end of the day, it's like, what's the purpose of telling me this story? Yeah, I guess so the moral of the story? Precisely, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. there's no moral, there's no lesson, there's no purpose behind it. Mm -hmm. So second point is then think of what's the overarching message that you want to bring across that you can build up towards, right? The next point is then you can build a little bit of structure around it, which for example, think of from a simple step. First step is how do I capture attention, which is the hook. Mm. Right? If I have a hook to capture attention, that's where people will start being interested. And then they want to pay more attention to your story because if I don't have an interesting hook in the first place, no matter how juicy the story is, you'll never you know, see the day of light. So that's one. Second part is then you need to build up the story in terms of having things like your protagonist versus antagonist. Basically like all movies, right? You have a lead character versus a villain or situation that they go ups and down basically. Because the emotional roller coaster, the up and down is important in stories, which is one of the key difference between a good story and let's say a regular article or text or textbook basically, right? Where there's emotions involved. Emotions are important because once you trigger emotions, people relate to it. They see themselves in that story itself. And finally, I think what's important in a story is then having the call to action. I think a lot of good stories is after you watch it, you feel inspired to do something. So for example, Pursuit of Happiness. And I watched that quite a few times, for example, right? At the end of it, it makes you feel very motivated that, you know, it doesn't matter where your background is. You may face a lot of challenges in life, but if you just push through, if you just believe and willing to work hard, you can still succeed eventually. Okay, so you've given a step-by-step -step on how to craft a good story. Could, mm. could we work with a, a real example, either from yourself, because you've given talks, yep. you know, podcasts, or a client, you know, something that fits into the structure they have just given, you know, a real life example, a real story. 
Sure. So maybe I'll just use today's um, interview as an example, right? Okay. So let's say I want to put a, a LinkedIn post out there talking about my experience today, right? Mm. Most people might think of, hey, I'll just put, today I had a interesting- I had a great time. Yeah, with, with Andrew, Andrew right. talking about you know, personal branding <laughs> and that's about it, right? Mm. So what, what I can do is I can take a step back first. Mm. What's the key message from today's um, session, for example? So let's say my key message today is about, you know, a personal branding is about inspiring others. It's not about showcasing yourself. That's my overarching topic, right? So I start with that. I can then think of what is the conversation that we had or what are some of the key talking points that we had and how was this built up? I could write about, for example, at the start, it was just about talking about personal brand as a general topic. But because Andrew was able to dig into some of my emotions, I started reflecting and started talking about some personal ups and downs in the past where I realized that, hey, you know, personal branding is really about inspiring others. It's really about creating impact and not just about showcasing myself. And at the end of it, the call to action it could be then, you know, start thinking of what is the inspiration you hope to bring to this world, for example. As simple as like a three to four step kind of thing. Starting by thinking, what is the key message? How do I do a bit of build up with a bit of emotions? And then at the end, what's the call to action? And your target audience in this case would be? In this case, it could be, let's say, even corporate workers or employers, right? Mm. Because we're talking about PMETs, right? right? Typically, when they go on social media, they're building connections. It's typically looking for jobs or mm. to be an opportunity for jobs eventually. Right. So you want to position yourself as someone of value, someone that captures attention for the right reasons and someone that is able to connect with others. Because these days, I think in particular, like you're asking me a question just now, right? COVID, what changed? Mm. I think the importance of people being able to connect with others these days become even more important because of remote working and hybrid working for that matter. So even through a very simple post like what I just shared, just off the cuff, you wasn't even prepared in the first mm. place, right? It shows a few things about myself, right? First and foremost, I'm a person who thinks of inspiring others. I think of others before myself, right? I know the value of true personal branding. I know that I'm a real person where I show my emotions and I know how to drive action through my content, for example. You know, as simple as a simple post that we spoke about, there are multiple layers to it already. And you talk about showing emotions. I want to ask a bit more about that. How, how do you do that? In I an think, interesting way that engages people, right? Sure. So I think one simple way is then think of what's the emotion you want to show, right? Mm. So for example, it could be frustration. Okay. It could be, let's say, feeling down. So in that case that I was sharing about, it could be about me feeling down when I was thinking about some of the tough times I had. So why is it important to show emotions or the, the feeling down, feeling frustrated? Because everyone has all these emotions. When you talk about that, you actually put your audience into uh, your shoes. And they will think of, okay, in the past, I was in a similar situation, not exactly the same, but similar. And I resonate with what Sam went through, what Andrew went through. And that's where the resonance happened. So I think that's important, which is why I keep emphasizing having emotions is important. Just a little bit, not overwhelming. Yeah, least, because the, the gray area is a little bit hard to grasp. Right. I mean, like, let's say I'm just looking for a job, right? Or I'm a marketing person or an, an, an engineer. You know, I want to do this self-marketing, self-branding okay, so, so thing. So one, one simple way, right? put in emotions, you know, just, yeah. So one simple way is then use that emotions to your advantage. Mm. So for example, you can say, I was really frustrated recently um, with this situation. But then you spin it off in a way where it's because you take a lot of pride in your work. You take a lot of pride in making sure you give the best possible value. So for example, I hate it when there's punctuation error, for example, mm. right? It may seem very, you know, it's more like so angry, right? Mm. People might wonder, why, why are you so angry over punctuation? Then you can talk about, do you know that a simple punctuation and stuff um, affects the whole messaging, the whole professional image itself? And as a copywriter, or as a marketer, for example, it sends a strong message to my client, to people out there that, you know, this is who I am, what I stand for, and the quality perception, right? The perception of quality of that product, that service I'm trying to market. So it starts from an emotion where you're angry about something that people say, is it a bit too extreme, for example, to actually realizing that, hey, you actually have very good intention behind. And in fact, 
you hold your professional standards to a really high level that people respect. And that's how you kind of spin it a little bit yeah. to show that, you know, the professional value that you have. Yeah. Still has to be strategic. I mean, Absolutely. you're not complaining to a friend on social media, right? It's like a hook. It's like a hook in some sense. a hook. Yep, and yep. the emotional hook will resonate with some people. Yep. Okay, so for those of our listeners who are listening to this episode and they want to start with their personal branding journey, any recommendation or tips, you know, how should they begin? I would say start by understanding, okay, two things, right? Like I said mm-hmm. just now, just to reinforce. First and foremost, listen to the market or your target audience first, right? Ask your colleagues, do a poll. Ask your family, right? What, what are some things that stand out when it comes to you? So let's say Andrew, I mean, think of someone who's an amazing DJ, good looking gentleman, nice voice, for example, a person with very nice disposition, for example, right? Start from there, right? Gather a few more things. Yeah. What are things that are common? And start using that as your strength to start building from that. So that's one. Ask your friends, right? Friends. They'll be honest with you. Yeah, they may joke a bit, a little bit about it. They troll you, but Mm -hmm. there will be some Gs that you can pick up from there. And maybe ask your superiors, ask your colleagues. These are some good touch points actually from there, right? Mm. The next one is then usually I have a very simple coaching approach Mm. where you can do a bit of self-coaching. I call it the VISA approach, V-I-S-A-A. V stands for values. So first and foremost, ask yourself, what is something that's very important to me or things that are important to me? What's my values? Is it family? Is it about growth? What is so important? That gives you a, a content angle. That gives you a bit of awareness of what you are. Second one is then I. I is interest. What are things that keep me going every single day? What motivates me? S is strengths. Basically, what comes naturally to me? What do people always say that I'm good at? First A is actually aspiration. Where do I see myself at the end of the game? Or you know, what does success look like to me, right? Is it being financially free? Is it spending time with family? Is it being a philanthropist? Whatever it is, right? And then work backwards. So once you have the, the aspiration, at the bottom of it, the VIS values, interests, and strengths will then be your foundation to build towards the aspiration. And think of personal branding as a journey, right? How do you document your journey from zero to one? It's very interesting because once you document a journey, right? First and foremost, it's like a journal. When you look back, you realize your growth. And most people think I didn't grow much even the past one year. But if you document it day, day to day, you realize you actually grown a lot. That's mm. one. Second thing is that when you document your journey, you have to force yourself to reflect. And when you reflect, you learn, you grow. And because of the documentation, people follow your journey. It feels like, you know, I'm seeing your growth. I'm with you. I may not be a friend of yours physically. I've not known you, but it feels like I know you for a long time. So these are some very simple steps to get started by mapping out, you know, um, your VRS and A. And mm. finally, the last A is an action plan, right? How do I get there? Wow. So all these are content pillars on its own already in some sense. I can talk about my values. I can talk about my interests, my strength that add, adds up to the whole narrative. I can think of this is what I have as a foundation to get to that journey, the end goal itself and document that journey. That's another angle. So there are multiple ways to actually skin a cat in some sense, right? Mm. So just get started. Just map a little bit in terms of getting that core assets out first and discover along the way. I mean, it's a, it's a journey. No one knows exactly how to get there all the time, but... Just step by step, I guess. Right, I can relate to that because, you know, when, when I started, I mean, you, you've done podcasts yourself, right? You listen to your own voice, your own voice sucks. Yep, yep, <laughs> and yep. But, well, you're supposed to cringe at your earlier content yep. because that means you're improving, right? Mm. And when I look at some podcasters or YouTubers and I get shown an earlier video and the quality is really bad, the sound is bad, the video quality is bad, but the more recent videos, you've seen that they have improved their gear, you know, their presentation style. So yep. you're supposed to get better as you go along. Yep. So you don't have to be perfect to start. I think what's important from a personal brand journey even or even just a career growth perspective, Mm. constantly reflect and ask yourself, how can I just improve by even that 1%? I mean, it's just concept of Kaizen, for example, right? How do just every single day improve in one, just one very small thing? Perhaps 
I tend to speak too fast, which I do a lot in the past. Now as well, I got to consciously force myself to slow down or maybe pause at certain words. Mm. So these are things that over time, once you think about it, you review certain actions, you reflect. You may not be perfect even in let's say one or two years, but if you just get better 1% every single day, it makes a whole lot of difference. Right, so let's get started. Thank you, Sam. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you for listening all the way here. Stay after this outro because usually we have some bonus content right at the end. It's like the end credit scene of a movie. But before that, I hope you've learned something useful today. If you like more of this content, join our Telegram group, follow us on social media, sign up for our newsletter. For all this and more, check out thefinancialcoconut.com. My name is Andrew. Stay tuned for the next episode of Chill with the Financial Coconuts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I have three questions for you. What's your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? I would say my biggest failure was probably in my own terms when I was younger. So when I was younger in secondary two, I believe, I was the basketball school team captain. That was the year that I think we had a very good shot on making it further down the tournament. But I was very arrogant back then. Young, arrogant, I thought I was the best player and stuff like that. And because of that, we actually got eliminated the first round which was quite disappointing. And when I constantly think of that, it's, it's a bit of a, a disappointment and regret that I have, but it taught me a lot of things that, you know, regardless whether it's a team sport or something that I do at work these days, right? It's, it's not all about you. And as a leader, you may be the best person in the room. Your job is not to showcase or show off how, you, how great you are, but to inspire others to be even greater. So that was something that is still a small regret, I must admit, but I've taken it in a way where it motivates me to want to do better as a leader moving forward. And as a warning that, you know, be very mindful that it's not about yourself and you really need to think of how can you make others greater so that we can succeed. And even for personal success, that's needed itself. So that's one, yeah, for me. I, I must say that was a good example of a storytelling process because you talked about the whole basketball and, you know, for those of you watching the video, Sam is wearing a Kobe Lakers t-shirt. <laughs> so the whole image is, is there. Like I can imagine you when you were younger and then you have a point to make about this story. Yeah, you can map it to the, the storytelling process that you shared earlier on. My second question for you, what's the biggest challenge in your life right now and how are you tackling it? Wow, for me, I think the biggest challenge now is really balancing between being a father and, you know, running my own business. In fact, three businesses. It's challenging because... Um, working father, working mother out there, it probably resonate, you know, it's difficult to take care of a child alone and running three businesses, having to be accountable to my team members, ensuring that the, the business is still going, the payroll on time, constantly growing the business, also spending enough quality time with my son. All these are things that I stress about all the time. And how am I overcoming it? I think it's really about setting a routine and really, you know, just making sure that you have the right intention and be very present when you're in each situation at work very present at home, very present as much as possible. And I think routines help because it gives you a bit of structure to know what you can fall back on minus all the ad hoc spontaneous stuff that happens. So that's where I am. Hopefully I'm getting better and better, but yeah, we, we do what we can, I guess. Yeah. My last question for you, if it could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? For me, I think I briefly mentioned in the podcast just mm. now, it's really a hardworking overachiever that inspires. I think to me, that's very important. Why? Because 
I believe that, you know, you may be talented, but just like my story about the basketball journey itself, right? You may be talented, but if you don't work hard enough, if you're arrogant and cocky, you waste that talent basically, right? Overachieving, because I think, I, I never see myself as someone really that special. I just think I'm an ordinary person basically. But if I can use myself as a foundation to show that an ordinary person can achieve extraordinary things, I believe a lot of people out there can also believe more in themselves. I think everyone has good potential to do a lot of great stuff. It all starts with that belief. So hopefully that hardworking overachiever rather mm. can inspire more people out there and we inspire more overachievers that inspire even more people out there. Yeah. Could you share a bit more about the overachieving part? Because some people relate to that word negatively. Right? Why, why, do you, why must you be over, overachieving? I think I took a lot of inspiration from my idol, Kobe Bryant, which is the shirt I'm wearing now, right? Mm -hmm. who, who passed on, unfortunately, a few years ago. He never seen himself as the most talented basketball player. He wasn't the, the biggest and stuff like that, but he works extremely, extremely hard. And he achieved a lot of greatness in his basketball career because of that. And in fact, after he, he retired, he became a storyteller. He became the first basketball player to win the, the Oscars for storytelling and stuff like that. So to him, that was overachieving because he's constantly pushing himself to limit his working hard. So I think... The overachieving part is tied very closely to working hard and work ethics, more than arrogance, I would say. So that's probably somewhere we got to change the frame a little bit to some extent, yeah. All right, thank you, Sam. Thanks, Andrew, thank you.